You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Cardinals podcast, and it's officially NFL Draft Week. The wait is nearly over, just days away, and we'll know who the Arizona Cardinals potentially select 16th overall in the 2021 NFL Draft. Today's Locked On Cardinals is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your next order, Bo Brock. Follow me on Twitter at B-O-B-R-A-C-K. Alex Clancy, follow Clancy on Twitter as well, at Clancy's Corner. Alex, I'm going to tell our entire audience about how you felt you were overstepping yesterday and it was the most millennial move you've ever pulled that I've seen. Okay. Let it rip. It was unreal. I was dumbfounded. My brother was dumbfounded. You had a whole family of Brocks just like, I can't believe this guy. Unreal. So uh, I'm just going to get to it real quick because we have a lot to get into. We have our final mock draft. respectful, bro. Yeah. Our, f- <laughs> our final mock. We'll, we'll let the listeners decide. We have our okay. final mock draft. They're also going to decide which one of us has the best final mock draft. You have the edge right now of the three that we've done so far. It's two to one. You lead that. Your last mock draft, it was uh, it was widely popular popular among our listeners, our Twitter followers. We're also going to get into the Julio Jones discussion, and then uh, I'm going to disagree with Kurt Warner, and we have news about Kyler Murray. Uh, talk about millennial Gen Z uh, things going on. Kyler Murray, uh, kind of the epitome of that Cardinals quarterback. So yesterday, Alex texts me. We've been trying to set up a time. I had some equipment for him. He's, he's going to try to pimp out his own home studio, and I had some extra equipment that uh, I'd left at my brother's. My brother lives closer than I do. And Alex was going to go pick it up. And Alex goes over there in like a perfect storm and aligns. And I, for- I leave my cell phone at home. And I'm not there to see that Alex didn't see the equipment. It wasn't outside like I said it was going to be. And Alex just doesn't see it there at my brother's house. Turns around, goes home. I finally get... Uh, my phone and I text him back and he says uh, it wasn't there. I said, did you knock? He said, no, I didn't want to overstep. You didn't want to overstep. You didn't want to do what we used to do. That it was, it was just normal everyday people things to just knock on the door and say, Hey, is anybody home? Do you potentially have this equipment? Why would knocking on somebody's door be overstepping in any situation on just a normal Sunday afternoon on any it's not like it's after dinner time or before eight o'clock in the morning. Can I speak? Yes, please. Okay. So this was when somebody tells you that the decision is made by the person who has set items that they're gonna leave it outside. That means that, yeah, they're home, but maybe they're having some family time. They don't want to be interrupted. So it's just the easiest transitionary period between me showing up, it being there, me removing said items and not having to interact with anybody because I don't want to mess with whatever they're doing uh, family-wise or otherwise. So if that was the pretense set where stuff was going to be outside and in true Bo Brock fashion, he did not execute to allow for his brother to have said stuff outside. I'm like, you know what? You're not answering your phone. You've been a terrible co-host. I'm used <laughs> to all of this, but I didn't want to interrupt 
anybody's family time. So that's what it came down to. I was being respectful, Bo. And if I would have knocked, you're like, who the hell is that guy? I saw, I haven't met your brother before. I couldn't pick him up out of a lineup. So that that's what I went. It was, I mean, I live 15 minutes away. It's not like I drove three hours. I, I sat outside for 15 minutes. I'm like this guy probably thinks <laughs> that I'm casing the house. And then I'm like, you know what? Bo left me out to dry again. This is my life. I'm going to go home and have a snack. Just imagine Alex Clancy just sitting in his car debating on whether or not he's overstepping by just kindly uh, knocking on the door. Hey, this guy said it was going to be there. It's not there. So, do you have it? Is it inside? Can you potentially just go and bring it out? That is not overstepping. That's the most millennial thing you've ever done. Thank you. There, there's nothing else to be said about it. Now, let's get okay. into the conversation we just watched on Twitter. Kyler Murray, not only was he the number one pick for the Arizona Cardinals two years ago into the NFL, he's their franchise quarterback. He's also, as of right now, just been drafted number one onto an eSports a gaming team. That's uh, that's your quarterback. I don't I don't have any issue with that. I'm actually glad that this is Kyler Murray's vice. There's a lot worse things to spend your free time doing. Playing video games, that's fine with me. Yeah. I mean, this is something that I will never under... Like, I played video games. Yeah. I mean, I played Madden and Tiger. I mean, I played Tiger Woods so much that the video games started scratching. Like, I, <laughs> But this whole level of gaming is something I can't wrap my head around. Yeah, a lot better than going out in Scottsdale. Right. A lot better than just being a partier and drinks. I mean, not even drugs, anything like that, but just being out partying, being social, selfishly, this is good for the Cardinals. Yeah. Now, does it translate? Because, I mean, there is a – it's not a stigma, but w- without the poor connotation of lack of people skills, if this is what you spend most of your time doing, but the interaction, you know, via headsets and everything, it's still a social thing even though you're just playing video games. Yeah. So gaming, you know, video games is probably a poor connotation of gaming. But, yeah. This is the lesser of, of all evils. It's him being a gamer and being just pent up in his room playing games. Right. I mean, and the guy who's afraid to knock on doors is giving people lessons on social skills. Uh, <laughs> Kyler, but you're right. And, and then on, on the kind of the polar opposite of that, though, I mean, as is, is we celebrated Kyler being selected number one overall in 2018, or I'm sorry, 2019, today is the three-year anniversary of Steve Keim Moving up in the NFL draft from 15th overall to 10th overall, sending a third rounder, a fifth rounder to select the fourth quarterback off the board in the 2018 draft, Josh Rosen, who spent one unspectacular season here in the desert. Happy draft anniversary to Josh Rosen, the Arizona Cardinals. What's your flash call memory of Josh Rosen? My flash call? If you had to pick one. Like the one memory that sticks out immediately when you think of Josh Rosen. I mean, what sticks out to me I mean, in a Cardinals uniform. In a Cardinals yeah, uniform. Yeah, I mean the the one was be the Christian Kirk seventy five yard touchdown yeah. against San Francisco. But really, like what really sticks out to me was yeah. how people would always just say, "Oh, he's so smart. He's a genius. Huh. He's so quick." And that's it. That was it. I also remember, and it was the first season that you and I did the podcast together. It was twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. We know how to pick them. But it was it was a, it was the, one of the worst constructed rosters of the decade, and the Cardinals go three and thirteen. They beat the 49ers twice somehow. But they, uh, as far we we wouldn't really we would have ta- we would have a couple throws that he made in each game. We're like, okay, those are good enough throws. Those are NFL throws. It wasn't like a full game's worth of, of him playing well because he didn't have right. that. Like it was the smallest sample size ever. 
to give us hope to think. And at the time, this wasn't a four-letter word. This wasn't an indictment. You know, you thought, okay, these throws were enough to believe that he could be a Jared Goff, having a bad, poor rookie season and then turning it on and figuring it out in year two. Mitchell Trubisky, same thing. Uh, it just never came to fruition. He's sent packing before he even gets a chance at year two. They get the second-round pick, and that's almost a bigger dud than Josh Rosen himself, and that's Annie Isabella. Right. Yeah, I think mine – well, Christian Kirk, obviously, the 75-yarder streaking down the sideline against San Francisco, but it was before that the, – the, the first positive memory I have, I remember, was a preseason game where he yeah. threaded the needle between three defenders, and it was Christian Kirk, right, catching the touchdown pass. Two rookies – I believe it was Christian Kirk in the middle. It was a laser. It's like, oh, wow, this guy's got a cannon. Um, but the real, like, what I think of is the, Christ, the Christian Kirk 75-yard touchdown catch coded with the 45-10 to 10 loss on Thursday night football. Like, that, <laughs> that was it. That's what I remember from Josh Rosen. Five turnovers getting thrown on like a rag doll. Mike McCoy getting fired after the game. That was like, there's no way this organization can get any lower than it did than it is right now. Yeah. And then they go and they beat Green Bay in Lambeau. A lot of that was Chase Edmonds. That was Chase right. Edmonds coming out party. He had two touchdowns, if not three. He had two long touchdowns in the game. I know that for sure. And they win. They were 14-point underdogs or something like that. But that's like the mashup of the 14.1 points per game lower points per game total than the 2008 0-16 Detroit Lions and Josh Rosen's great-grandfather starting the Wharton School of Business <laughs> at Pennsylvania University. Right. Like, it's just such a hodgepodge of things that were supposed to work. It was supposed to work. The Texas A&M comeback in the fourth down in the fourth quarter when he was at UCLA throwing three fourth-quarter touchdowns. It's like the dude had the elixir in him. It was just a perfect storm of the worst – offensive team ever constructed in the nfl you know like I, who knows but uh yeah it's uh pretty happy with josh rosen anymore. there were so many i guess red flags or like moments where he's like this was doomed and when, when you look at his first actual game action uh when he went in and they put him in what yeah. was it four minutes left against the bears you a drill against the bears yeah against the bears but that's because the team couldn't they couldn't either. The defense couldn't get off the field. Sam Bradford was a turnover machine. Uh, Them pulling David Johnson on third down yeah, because of his because he missed a blocking assignment the down before. It was just doomed, and it, it begs the question, real quick, and we can't spend too much time on it. But I know you know was 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 Josh Rosen a bust or was he just set up to fail? And I think that you can make the case for both, and I think there's a little bit of truth to both. I would love to see him start for San Francisco. I mean, that no, you know, no, you know what I mean? Like one game. I want to see, like under Kyle Shanahan, if you can't do it with that offensive scheme, you're not going to be able to do it with, with your limitations. You know, it, Jimmy Garoppolo looked like an all-pro guy. I mean, they throw the ball 15 yards and in. Josh Rosen would be able to do that. But, I mean, I would just – I want to see. I want to know. But I, I would say a victim of it, like 70-30. 70-30 victim of his surrounding, 30% bust. Yeah, he certainly he certainly wasn't right when he said that they there was four um, four mistakes made ahead of him in that draft. There's three mistakes made ahead of him in that draft, and then Lamar Jackson, who was at the back end of that, he's already got an MVP award. 
Uh, it's the Lockdown Cardinals brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at LockdownAZCards, at Clancy's Corner, at B-O-B-R-A-C-K. Coming up next, we're going to get into the conversation. we want to do mock draft next, or do we want to get into uh, the Julio Jones discussion? Let's do Julio Jones. We'll do mock draft last. All right, because I don't think there's much about this Julio as far as the Cardinals are concerned. We'll get into that. It's Lockdown Cardinals. This episode of the Lockdown NFL Podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. Did you know there's some great over-unders as far as where a prospect's going to be selected in the NFL draft? Like Caleb Farley. Of course, he's got the medical situation coming out of Virginia Tech. At one point, was the top corner on most draft boards. His over-under, 23.5. If you think Caleb Farley's going to get drafted before the 23rd overall pick, you can make some cash. How about Devontae Smith, a polarizing prospect, 11 and a half. If you believe Devontae Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner, is going to go before the 11th pick in the draft or after, go to betonline.ag and get some action. you got the NBA gearing up for the postseason, the NHL, Major League Baseball in full swing, BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time, updated odds, props, and almost anything you could imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You put in 100 bucks, you'll get $53 to play around with. Bet online. Your online sportsbook experts. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for your welcome bonus. You got to check out our friends over at LOCKEDON today. Peter Bukowski is producer. Ali, fantastic. It gets you all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. It's the Lockdown Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Lockdown Today podcast on the Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y or wherever you get podcasts. Bo Brock, Alex Clancy. So Peter King putting this out today that the Falcons, who are fourth overall, they could be targeting a quarterback I think that the Falcons, what they do at four could impact the Arizona Cardinals all the way down at 16, depending on what they do. But King is throwing in this little nugget that uh, they're kind of starting the framework on a deal that could send Julio Jones out of Atlanta and uh, elsewhere. Because they would have to absorb, kind of like the Eagles with Carson Wentz, they'd have to take on just an absurd amount of dead cap money. But on the other end of this, um, a team could get... In, in aging wide receiver one. I don't think they no. can make it work. No, the, he has a $23 million cap hit. Um, You know, if you do it after June 9th, I think, June 2nd or June 9th, the first 10 days of June, you could split the cap hit between two years. Um, damn it. <laughs> you know, like, and this is, fantasy football is, officially, I mean, a couple of years ago, infuse itself into real-life football. Like, remove yourself from the cap hit. Remove yourself from the aging wide receiver group that they already added with A.J. Green, okay? You wouldn't need to give more than a third-round pick for Julio Jones with how much money he's still owed. They There's an out, I believe, after the 2021 season. It's either the 2021 or 2022 season. There's an out. Okay, you can cut him after this year and still only owe him two million or something like that due to an injury uh, injury insurance towards his salary for 2022. Thanks to Spot Track, I, I looked it up earlier. How much fun would that be? Just <laughs> with the dummy years and with how things work, who cares? If if, if you're gonna screw it up, screw it up big. I mean, it ain't gonna happen. It would be fun to see Julio Jones 
wearing 11 mm-hmm. as an Arizona Cardinal if Larry Fitzgerald would sign off on it? Yeah, it would be unreal. I mean, who knows? You could get Julio Jones in, in a different number. We even saw Patrick Peterson. And he's 32. Yeah, he's, he's not 36. I know. You, you, he, he's one of those rare guys that it doesn't matter. He He's still going to be able to play at, a, at an elite level. It, him and DeAndre Hopkins, that's that's just Madden football. That's fantasy football. That's It's yeah. crazy, crazy to think about. Uh, you think about the Cardinals, but also you think about you know some pretty terrifying scenarios within the division. You hope that Seattle never gets in those conversations. They don't have any draft capital, by the way. They have three picks. Right. We haven't pointed that out enough. They have three picks. That's awesome. They have. They barely have any salary cap. They they brought it. They they're changing their offensive coordinator. I mean, they're a mess. We don't talk yeah. about that enough. But if if they were to get Julio Jones, that'd be pretty scary. L.A. would be scary. Uh, San Francisco, they don't have a wide receiver that can make a catch beyond the line of scrimmage. That would certainly help whoever they put it and play at quarterback. So that's Would a you scary. rather have a second-round pick or Julio Jones this year? Ooh, damn you. Um, <laughs> 49. I just, yeah, it's I just, 49. Yeah, if I, if I take the cap out of the equation, I don't think you can turn that down. I don't think you can turn that down at all. I mean, that's the prospect. Because I, as I made my case last throwdown Thursday – they still bringing in James Conner and AJ Green doesn't fix your lack of playmaking opposite Nook, but that absolutely would. I also think 16, you could take a guy like, would I rather sign up for Julio Jones or would I rather sign up for them? You know, f- having a guy that's controllable and, and it's not as expensive as Julio Jones at 16 for four to five years, I'd probably take that. Yeah, I mean Julio Jones is your favorite wide receiver's favorite wide receiver. Yeah, like every like people in the game now say Julio Jones is the best receiver of all time or one of the best up up towards the top of Terrell Owens and Randy Moss. I mean, he's a physical specimen. He catches everything. Now the issues he has lower leg injuries, like it's hamstrings. That's what keeps him out. Yeah, and he missed seven games last year. So obviously, this is silly season. I mean, this ain't. It's not going to happen. But if you were offered a two and you could figure out adding dummier to the end of the contract, where you put a situation in where he'd retire in Arizona Cardinal four years from now, you have to think about it. Yeah, it's you a do. second round pick. It's a crapshoot. You know what you're getting with Julio Jones. Well, especially how if Steve, how Steve Kime has. You know, been bullish to steal from Michael Bidwell this offseason, mm-hmm. how they've pushed all their chips into the middle of the table. This just continues to double down on that. It, you just, I mean, it's, it's it's like running out of chips and then scrambling and taking your watch off your wrist and be like, well, <laughs> how much is this worth? You just figure right. that out and you're just, you're scrambling and you're not in the Seahawks territory, but as far as lack of assets, but you're, 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 the Cardinals have five picks, right? It's, it's not a lot, or is it six? They added the, the Vikings pick. So, um, Julio Jones, it's you're right. It is silly season. It's going to be like this for the next couple of days. I wouldn't be surprised if we see another big name, you know, kind of bandied about tomorrow outside of Julio Jones. The Falcons are just an interesting team. They've got a new regime down there. They've got you know new coaching staff, new front office, and they've got those two big contracts as far as Matty Puddles and Julio Jones that they're going to need to somehow get get away from if they want to kind of fast track this rebuild. Yeah, and quickly. Uh... Michael Gennetti from Spot Track tweeted this out earlier. The number four pick in the upcoming NFL draft carries a projected $5.6 million cap hit, $3.25 million more than the Falcons currently have. So Julio Jones probably will get moved at this point. They have to make, you know, they have to make room for their fourth pick unless they trade back or the scale will come back a little bit. But still, 
Crabs, like, this is how it's directly going to affect the Cardinals. This is why we spent a whole segment on Julio Jones. Yeah. The weirder it gets ahead of the Cardinals, it seems like the better chance you have a high-profile guy fall to 16. I mean, is there a direct correlation between the two? I want it as muddy as possible yeah. before the Cardinals. Yeah. And if they take Kyle Pitts, he immediately becomes one of the highest-paid tight ends in the league. Yeah. Because that's yeah. because of what he's, what the, he's slotted to get at fourth overall. You right. have to imagine... If they get rid of Julio Jones, it's only it's inevitable that Matty Matt Ryan is the next one out. Why they they probably go quarterback? That that bodes well for the Arizona Cardinals. We'll explain more next. And there's a draft prospect that I might want in the receiving core instead of Julio Jones. We'll get to our final mock drafts. It's the Lockdown Cardinals podcast. Bo Brock, Alex Clancy. This episode of the Lockdown NFL Podcast is also brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. It's where healthy and tasty collide. The taste of a Built Bar just hits different. Life gets tastier when you go to the website BuiltBar.com and order yourself an 18-pack. You can get a mixed box and figure out which Built Bar you like the best, or you can just go with what we've been telling you about, because I don't think we would sway you in the wrong direction like Coconut Brownie Chunk. It's 150 calories, 15 grams of protein, and only 7 grams of of sugar. The thing about Built Bar is it's just as healthy as it is delicious. The bar is covered in 100% chocolate, soft, easy to chew, but great for the health conscious person. You can lose, maintain weight while indulging in a delicious Built Bar. Go to the website, use the promo code LOCKED15, L O C K E D 15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's using the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. It is draft week. The ultimate mock draft is up. Of course, if you haven't tuned in, check it out. It's presented by Locked On and Odyssey, and it's going on featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, the playmaker, Jason Lockenfora, Brian Baldinger, Ross Tucker, our local experts, all 32 of them, every team making trades, picking the next stars of their team. Search for the ultimate mock draft 2021 on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Odyssey is your audio home for all sports podcasts, music, and news that matters to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Uh, we apologize. We had no role in this, but Apple Podcast, as far as our podcast late last week, um, if you had a tough time finding them, we apologize. That was all on Apple. That's all on uh, Tim. What's his name? I don't know. Tim Apple. That's all I know him as. Whoever the success for, successor over there for uh, Steve Jobs is, Tim, uh, they're dropping the ball as far as our podcasts are concerned. You can find us, though, pretty much wherever you find podcasts. Uh, Spotify. Whoa. I like the joke uh, that our, our guy had out there that, uh, you know, it's 2021. They listen on Spotify. Uh, you've got uh, Stitcher, Google Podcast, all those available options. We appreciate you finding us if you did, and we apologize if you couldn't find us because of Apple Podcasts. Yeah, it's been frustrating. So our mock drafts, <laughs> our final mock drafts are are done. We'll, we'll tweet them out later. We'll have you, uh, the listener, the fans, not the fans, but the, uh, the Twitter <laughs> followers, you guys will vote who won between Alex and I. And I was disappointed when you sent me your mock draft. It makes me sick to my stomach that we had the first two picks identical. But you listened to me on Throwdown Thursday. You realized what the need really is. It's not cornerback. And the way that both of our mock drafts uh, just kind of the dominoes fell, I took Devontae Smith with the 16th overall pick, the Heisman Trophy winner, add him to this offense, 
and it's just uh, nightmare fuel for opposing defensive coordinators. Yeah, I did too. Uh, J.C. Horn was gone. It's interesting. I mean, uh, uh, Caleb Farley was gone. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's really interesting. If you if you've been doing mock drafts throughout this time, if you're just messing around and you know you want to try with different teams, things like that, or just stick with the Cardinals, Caleb Farley was ranked in the 30s as of last week, mid last week, when or as of Monday of last week when Bo and I did our our mock draft Monday. Now he's in the teens, like. People know things in the draft at the draft network than we don't. Like it's it's not like a Vegas thing where you're getting tips. Like they have their rankings and they moved him up at least ten spots, and it shows. Like I did. I'm like oh man, Caleb Farley went. Whoa, he went top ten. So maybe people are starting to see that Caleb Farley's back may not be as much of an issue as people thought initially. Yeah, he was gone. J.C. Orn was gone. Patrick Sertain was gone. The wide receivers dropped. It's very interesting to see if that's going to be a prediction for what's going to happen on Thursday. Yeah, and I took Devontae Smith also. Yeah, we took Devontae Smith, and, and you're right. I mean, all it takes is one general manager to feel comfortable with the medicals as far as Caleb Farley goes because we know how highly regarded he is just as a prospect. And everybody wants to play Twitter doctor and think that they know, hey, this is a back injury and you should be scared and it's a red flag. But some general managers, if they if they're if their medicals, if their doctors sign off on it, he becomes the prospect yeah. that a lot of people thought he was. They can't pass up on that. If he, if they really legitimately think he's going to be able to plug and play, if Dallas thinks he's the best guy, he could be off the board. Um, but J.C. Horn, Caleb Farley. And uh, and Patrick Sertan, not available for the Arizona Cardinals. Devontae Smith was. We went with that. So that leaves the cornerback position open for the Arizona Cardinals. Both you and I, we targeted Sante Samuel Jr. in the second round at 49th overall. Yeah. I mean, he's got the lineage, went to Florida State. I mean, he seems to be a plug-and-play guy in the second round. You know, and that's something that yeah. the Cardinals need. And I know that they don't normally play rookies that early, but, I mean, it's a new regime top to bottom here, it seems like, in, in Arizona. Vince Joseph's got a stranglehold on what he wants to do on the defensive side of the ball. He's a cornerback guy. We'll see. I mean, I, I believe that Asante Samuel Jr. will be in pretty good hands with Vince Joseph running the defense. I think it's a hell of a pick at 49. It's interesting. His name fluctuates so much. You've seen him late first round. Yeah. You've seen him late second round. You've seen him top second round, middle second round. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens on Thursday or Friday, Thursday or Friday, where he goes. Because he's going to be a... Um, a sought after name, especially on day two, if he's still there. Yeah, I think it's he, he's people don't like his as far as the positions concerned, his lack of versatility. But the good thing for the Arizona Cardinals is exactly what they need. He's an outside guy, and if he's anything like his father, we just remember Asante Samuel making big play after big play in the playoffs. And I think he's probably a chip off the old block. He had three picks in eight games at FSU. It was a rough season for the Seminoles, but I think he's he's worthy the 49th overall pick. So now. Uh, I took a nap. I did my taxes since there's the extension until May 17th. And then the Arizona Cardinals were back on the clock. <laughs> yeah, really? What was it? 111 picks? Is that what, what it is? Yeah. And this is, where football I, teams, baby. this is where I think I separated from you, but this is because of the way my draft board fell and materialized. I took running back Chubba Hubbard. So I love this because it's Connor, it's Chase, and it's Hubbard. You got that thunder lightning between Connor and Chase, and then you got a guy that can kind of do both in Hubbard in the fifth round. I don't know if he lasts. I doubt he lasts that long. Yeah, and he didn't last that long in mine. He went a couple picks before me, so I took Javion Hawkins out of Louisville. Little undersized. He's bulky. He can run. He could be a better version of Chase Edmonds. It, it, it's just yet to see what happens uh, at the next level. But, I mean, 
He's great in space. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. You'd rather have James Conner be the guy running between the tackles and having as many people as possible keeping the defenses uh, honest, opposing defenses honest. And I think Javian Hawkins, I would have taken Jebel Hubbard if he was there. But uh, addressing the need of running back in the fifth round, we're still in lockstep with that in these in these drafts. It'd be interesting to see if uh, if Chase Edmonds becomes an extension candidate here pretty soon because if, if they make a move like that, probably the writing's on the wall. But you know he's entering his fourth season at the NFL level. You know he's going to be due to try to keep him in the building. We'll see how the Cardinals feel about that this season. Now I went with more of a project at two twenty three. I took Nick Eubanks out of Michigan. He's kind of a uh, kind of, he's got some. He's got an interesting skill set. He'd be kind of more of like an H tight end. He would be the answer to Max Williams, but I don't think he would even you know over take over Darrell Daniels early on. But I think he could be a good prospect. Lack tight end depth. Could he be a playmaking tight end down the road? I think it's worth the risk in the sixth round. Yeah, I took Malcolm Kuntz. I, I've taken him uh, a few times. Uh, during the mock draft process. He's out of Buffalo. He's a, a 3-4 outside linebacker, edge rusher. I mean, you can never have too many. If one hits, doesn't matter what round they're in, some guys translate later in drafts, and you're going to need power and numbers from that position uh, going into the 2021 season because your main guys are 30 or older. Yeah. So uh, losing losing Hassan, losing Hassan Reddick is going to hurt from the youth perspective, and you could infuse some youth. Uh, with this pick in the sixth round, yeah, and I think with the with Hassan Reddick leaving, like you said, and this is a good prime spot to take guys that have high ceilings but very low floors. You know, it, 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 you don't know, but if they have if they have tools and you feel like you can develop them, and then you have two guys in the same building and JJ Watt and Chandler Jones, even Marcus Golden that they can learn from. You know, if they pop, if you hit and you get a starter down the line in the sixth round. In the fifth round, I think that's it's it, that's tough to find. I, I I went with a similar player in the next round, two forty three. I took White Hubbard Hubert out of K State, uh, kind of the same guy, played in the three four, uh, can rush the passer, pretty similar to Malcolm Kuntz. Uh, who'd you take at two forty three? Uh, Trey Norwood, cornerback out of Oklahoma. I remember what I watch a lot of Oklahoma football uh, this past year. It's just I mean with. They were a polarizing team with Lincoln Riley, and I saw he's a nickel corner. Um, he's six foot one ninety five. Like it, you're, you're taking dart throws here, but if you can find a nickel corner this late, uh, it's a win. And right. any help that Byron Murphy could get if they're going to put him inside, or if they're going to try and move him outside somehow, oh, he hasn't shown that he's able to do so at this point. But uh, again, power and numbers from the CB position, you just plug them in and hope they stick. And Trey Norwood, I think, I'm surprised he's going to drop this low, right? But I thought it was a good pick at the end of the sixth round. Yeah, I had him in a couple of my mocks before, too, where I think that, yeah, he this position, he's perfect. He would push the whatever cornerback you bring in in the first or second round. If if they're not ready and if this guy surprises anybody, he's coming from a Power 5 school. He, before his knee injury, he was decent. He, he bounced back last year. You, you recognize Trey Norwood on the field. If he turns out to be even just a nickel guy, I think that's a win for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, getting him potentially in the sixth round. My final pick, I went with uh, just kind of a versatile player out of UCLA. I've had him before, Demetric Felton. He can play running back. He can play wide receiver. You can move him around. If he doesn't make the roster, no big deal. He could be a guy that also could impact the return game. I think it's worth the flyer. Yeah, and I took Josh Sills' interior offensive line out of Oak State. First of all, he's got a killer mullet. Uh, second of all, <laughs> 
320. Not the most not the most athletic, but his wingspan and his height make up for that. Uh, so if, if you know you put him in behind Justin Pugh, if he can pop, he can pop. And if not, he's he's a big body, and I mean big bodies help protect Kyler Murray. So I feel like on the left side of the line it could help if if he ends up popping in the seventh round. That's our final mock draft of mock draft season. The real thing's going down on Thursday. Look forward at Locked Woo! on AZ Cards, at Clancy's Corner, at B-O-B-R-A-C-K. I'll get into what uh, I disagreed with with Kurt Warner, what he said about Kyler Murray tomorrow. But it's going to be full wall-to-wall draft coverage the rest of the week. We're going to have some great guests. I believe we're going to link up, hopefully, with Cam Cox, maybe even Josh Weinfuss. Uh, but we're going to just have some awesome shows headed your way. Look for the shows that maybe didn't post on Apple Podcasts last week. They're up now. We appreciate you and your patience. Uh, Have a great rest of your Monday. We'll talk to you on Tuesday. It's Locked on Cardinals with Bo and Alex.